Today's episode is sponsored by Switch On Health, the only college in Australia offering an accredited qualification in homeopathy. The Switch On Health mission statement is this. Everyone has the right to a happier and healthier life. And this core value lies at the heart of the college and drives everything that they do. Switch On Health also offers qualifications in nutrition, Western herbal medicine and naturopathy. And they're the only college of their kind to be owned and operated by an Australian naturopath. Visit their website, switchonhealth.com.au and get in touch with their friendly staff who will hook up our homies with access to some of their learning content for free. And check out episode 35 of this podcast with Switch On Health founder, Martin Stone. It was an awesome one. That's switchonhealth.com.au. Learn more with Switch On Health. I cannot believe my lucky stars that I got to interview Jan Shelton for this podcast episode. I'm still pinching myself. He is an absolute living legend who has revolutionized homeopathy with his classification of minerals and plants in our Materia Medica, giving homeopaths access to many remedies which were previously not known about or underutilized. Jan has written many books, a couple of which were textbooks of mine from my college days, including Homeopathy and Minerals and Homeopathy and the Elements, which are two books that I still use every single day in my clinic for over a decade. Today, we'll be speaking about a special group of remedies which are made from the more recently discovered group of elements on the periodic table called the lanthanides, which are utilized in many of our modern equipment we use these days. And Jan explains how the remedies made from these elements are useful in many of the autoimmune conditions we see. I have to admit, they're not a group of remedies that I've used very much in my clinic, even though I've known about them for over 12 years. And I've been completely inspired by this interview with Jan to really start incorporating them more into my practice. Some of the lanthanide remedies Jan talks about in this episode are lanthanum, cerium, prasiodemium, and tulium. I thought I'd quickly mention that here for those who are not familiar with the lanthanides because it's going to sound a little bit confusing if you haven't heard these terms before. So for more information on Jan's work, visit www.jansholten.com or check the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we speak with world-famous homeopath who needs no introduction, the one and only Jan Scholten. Welcome, Jan. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, such an incredible honor to have you on the podcast. And I was thinking, as ek baie stadig Afrikaans praat, sal jy verstaan wat ek sê? Ek heb gehoord dat jy vroeg of ek Afrikaans verstaan. Ja. Now, can you please tell our audience a little bit about how you first discovered homeopathy? Um, I was uh, at finished uh, my doctor's degree and then I had a waiting time for uh, becoming a general practitioner. And in that time I thought, well, let's look around for alternative medicine because normal medicine can in many cases do nothing, you know, or maybe palliate or whatever. So I studied first acupuncture and then uh, automolecular medicine with vitamins and minerals and but then there was also that homeopathy, where a bit kind of weird kind of herb medicine, something so was my thought. But I thought, oh, let's let's look into it too. And then, you know, the strange thing was that you had those beautiful stories. You gave a remedy for a pain in the ankle, 
and then they got their old energy back. And I thought, I never heard of that in normal medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that cannot, are they cheaters? That, that's too good to be true. That cannot be because, you know, those things cannot be healed. Yeah, that's what you learn as a doctor. And, but then I thought, but if it's true and I don't go into it, I miss something for my patients and I cannot do that. So I had to go into it. And then it turned out to be true. Not all cases, but there were cases that were true like that. So I'm glad that I went into it. And, but it's also because I'm, I'm always open for new ideas. And, I, you know, I'm, and when something is tricky or something like that, you know, then I have the, always the idea, but let's look myself, not trust the others. Wonderful. That's a very good frame of mind to have for sure, I think, with anything in life. Yeah. Now, homeopaths worldwide are obviously forever indebted to you for the amazing work that you've done with adding hundreds of new remedies to our materia medica with your classification of the periodic table and the plant kingdom. And I know that you once said, the more remedies you know, the more people you can cure. But some days yeah. I don't know if I should love you or if I should curse you because <laughs> all, all of new, all of these new remedies that you've added, hundreds of them, it's so much information that sometimes it can almost seem overwhelming as a homeopathic practitioner. Now, I'm yeah. sure you have been asked this question a million times, but please indulge us a little bit about how you came upon this idea of using the group analysis to help us understand these hundreds of new remedies, which homeopaths were previously sometimes completely unfamiliar with. Yeah, yeah. It, it always all my new uh, ideas come from problematic cases that don't follow the rule of you give the senilium and then they get better. Mm. Now, of course, you could think, okay, they, there's a blockage, or they don't want to heal, or they drink coffee, or you can have all kinds of excuses. But for me, they were not very convincing. All those excuses. Because I also had patients who said, yeah, I drink coffee, but it helps still. And others, you know, and then I thought, but why then? It doesn't make sense. Why should one person be blocked by coffee and the other not? And, and also with the courses, uh, I followed a lot of seminars from George Vitulkas. And then there were cases, you know, that had been treated by many homeopaths, given many remedies and didn't help. And then he came up with a small remedy, small and then it worked. Mm -hmm. And I thought that maybe that's always the case. It's not that the patient or circumstances are blocking, but we didn't give the real right remedy. And that's why it doesn't work. And that's the only logic when you follow the law of similars. Mm -hmm. Because when you give the similimum, whatever you call it, the blockage or whatever, it should cure. Mm -hmm. So, and since that time, I'm always open to because, you know, everything in the world is a medicine. Mm. The idea that only the few hundred that we have this uh, researched our medicines is, is crazy. Because everything, whatever you take, when you take too much of it, you get sick. Mm. If it's a tree or a herb, or even when you drink too much water, you get sick. So everything is also having a proving picture. So which must be also the healing picture. So you only have to find them out. Mm. But that, that's then an, another thing. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. I remember that one of the points for me, which was a, a huge step to do, was a case of a woman who was very much calcium carbonicum-like, and I gave it to her. It helped for a while, but then she fell back, and mm -hmm. it didn't work anymore. And uh, 
then also because you know the calcium has that feeling of what will others think of me so mm. i asked her what's what's the worst that you can think of you and then she said that i'm a bad mother i thought okay that's a little bit other one than they think that i'm confused mm. but i knew already that mother had something to do maybe with muriatica so i thought okay but maybe then she needs calcium muriatica but it's no, there's no picture <laughs> Yeah. There's a very small bit of materia medica, but mostly it's about sweating. So I tried calcium muriatic, it was available, and it worked beautifully. So that's already a kind of classification. You know, think, okay, muriaticums have a mother theme, calcium, the theme of what will they think of me? Mm. Or maybe you can also combine it with calcium nitrogen. Or, no, and that's how it went with further on by more experiments and you know prescribing for someone who felt like a barium you know very minor very small mm. but then especially in relationships you know, and then i gave barium sulfuricum which helped very well mm. so and that's the first step in, in classification i think it's also for me classification is so normal that you know I cannot understand that some other homeopaths say, but you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very grateful that you ended up doing it. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, today you're going to be sharing with us more specifically about the homeopathic remedies made from the lansonites and yeah. how we homeopaths can use these remedies to help our patients with autoimmune conditions. And you also talk yeah. about this in your book, The Secret Lanthanides. Now, you've written many books, but this is the one that we're probably going to be focusing on. But firstly, because our listeners are mostly the general public, can you please tell them a little bit about what the lanthanides are and how they were discovered and how you came to realize their importance in homeopathic prescribing? So the lanthanides is a group of uh, metals, um, not very precious metals, but because they oxidize very easily. They are in the same row as uh, where gold is and platina, so they are heavy metals more or less. But mostly they are placed two rows under the periodic table. One is the group of the lanthanides, and the other under that is the group of the actinides, which are radioactive ones. Lanthanides are not radioactive. Now the strange thing is, you know, when I when I first did my first book is the homeopathy and minerals, and there I, you see the classification. Already there, I made the start with the classification of groups like ferrum group, but I didn't have a good clues how to work that further out, which I did in a, in the elements. And there you get the themes of the rows and the, and the columns. So by the place in the periodic system, you can say, okay, ferrum, it's uh, the iron, is in the iron group. So it has to do with how you feel in the group, in the community, in the village. And then how do you handle that? By working very hard, which is the column. Mm. Basically, that's the system. And that's how you can analyze elements. But the strange thing was, we didn't have any lanthanide. <laughs> mm. And uh, so I thought, you know, we have to have an understanding of that too. It's a huge, important part of, of the periodic system. So it's a huge, important part of our life is. Mm. So uh, then in 2000, I uh, did provings of all of them uh, on myself. Wow. Uh, one by one. I started with Lantanum and <laughs> one, one after the other. 
Amazing. And, How uh, much gap did you give yourself? Dependence on how I reacted. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Mostly, most at least one day I, that mm-hmm. I did it. But it's not only that I did the meditation on it, but also watching on that day what happened. Uh, mm. Sometimes it was nothing special, but in, with other cases, with other uh, elements, there were very special things happening. For instance, I remember with Tullium, I was in a place there and there was a, a dark cave and I went into the dark cave to watch there was a touristic tra- attractions. Mm. <laughs> but then later on I thought, it has some meaning for Tullium. Mm. To go into the deep darkness of life, but that's how it how it came on with the lanternites. And but for some, I didn't take another remedy for three days, for four, four days sometimes, mm. depending how it developed. Amazing. And how did you realize that they were useful in autoimmune conditions? During the proofs, I got that. Mm. Of course, I was also reading a bit about what what they do and what they're used for, mm. and they're very peculiar aspects of them and but most people don't know it but for instance headphones are very well known for having neodymium in it <laughs> so what has it got in it neodymium one of the lanternites oh may i didn't know that i knew about one of them is also in tv screens from memory oh, not only one yeah. they, all our equipment is that we have to these days is full of lanternites the color screens of televisions are made by lanternites Wow. Because they, they produce color. They have much to do with light and electromagnetism. So we couldn't have our equipment and probably also not what we do now here with the Zoom mm-hmm. without all those lanternites. So that connection also with computers is there. And then I had cases where, you know, they were sensitive to computers. They were disturbed by computers or they started disturbing computers. <laughs> So it's also in reality with with uh, patients or people mm. that you see this those same kind of aspects uh, reflected. But the the autoimmune aspect is mostly that I got it from cases. But then I gradually started uh, considering that autonomy of freedom was the most important central issue about being your own boss, having control over your own life. To be independent is all the same words, own, mm. free, independent, not controlled, only controlling yourself. Mm. And that autoimmune diseases are in a way an expression of that, that you don't know what's yours and not yours. There's a confusion in that. So it's also symbolic for that drive for autonomy. That's incredible. And you also say it's a, a remedy that's quite often used for homeopaths. Why do you say that? Yeah. In, in my book of elements, Homeopathy the Elements, I thought that the silver series was most for homeopaths, but it didn't work out. I had a few cases that of homeopaths that had good reactions to silver series, but many of them, you know, it was not really to the point. But then uh, when I discovered the lanternites, they have some similarities with the silver series, especially in the sense of creativity, they are very bright people, you know, on the edge in science and in culture and things like that. But there are also differences. One of the differences is that for uh, lanternites, the, the creativity is not a problem, but an asset. You know, they can they can use it, but they are not they are not confused by it. 
Whereas in silver series, you know, it has to be and it's a stress. The other thing is that uh, silver series, they are projecting to the outside world. They, they want to have a show. Whereas lanternized don't want that. They even avoid it. They are more busy with themselves, with their own freedom, with their own development. Mm. And the first step of that strive for autonomy is that you want to be free in the world, in the, in the outside world. Mm. But later on, then, and there's, there's a lot of people you see that, you see that they also want to have a freedom inside, in their own soul, in their own mind. So then they start going to self-healing, yoga, meditation, or homeopathy mm. to find out what's, what's controlling them what, and what's controlling yourself. And of course, I, re I, I recognize all those aspects in myself too. Yeah. <laughs> so as a people who are attracted to homeopathy, they want to know the real cause of the problems. They want to go into the depth. They don't want to do superficial uh, palliation. You know, for a homeopath or a, a person who is homeopathically oriented, that's nothing. And that's why you see that in, in homeopathy, that homeopaths, they don't want to have normal medicines. They don't want to be controlled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. And then the, the beauty is also that you see that also in the plant kingdom. You know, for instance, we have in Arnica, uh, Arnica says he, that he is well and sends the doctor away. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and of course, I, everyone remembers that phrase. But once you understand it, you understand that, oh, that's a lanternite quality. <laughs> he doesn't want to be controlled by the doctors. So, all those aspects of trying to find out the real cause and to get the real uh, cause going away, that's very lanternite like, but also very homeopathy like. Yeah, I think us so, homeopaths are constantly questioning ourselves and trying to, I think being a homeopath is actually like a, you, you see homeopaths like yourself, I've seen you talk about consciousness and that sort of thing and how even being conscious of an experiment can influence the outcome of the experiment. Yeah. <laughs> and so many homeopaths who have been practicing for a few decades, it's, it almost feels as if you can't be a homeopath and not eventually go down a path of a deeper consciousness or spirituality or some sort because you're constantly questioning what is behind this what you know what's the driving factor behind this and it just becomes etched in your psyche after a while and, and that's no and it's already before that you have it otherwise you are not attracted to it yes but uh, that, that's the essence of lanternites hmm. to go to the depth to understand and then to be in control one of the things you know because uh, lanternites are part of the gold series. There's the theme of, my, of power, of might, of control. But you can see the lanternites as someone who wants to become king, but first has to learn to control himself before he is allowed to control others. And that's what you see, for instance, in uh, the story of Hercules. Uh, he has to do all his great uh, tests before he's allowed to be a real king. But kings these days don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> Amazing. So if you were to have a client come into your clinic with, say, Hashimoto's or you yeah. know, rheumatoid arthritis or some, something like that, what would lead you to think of the lanthanides? I mean, you probably wouldn't automatically go to that, but what, what else would lead you to maybe think of a lanthanide remedy for them? 
Of course, the autoimmune disease points directly to, to a lanthanide, but of okay. course, I check. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always then with, with lanthanides, theme of freedom, independence, mm-hmm. or with alternative directions like mm-hmm. being in yoga, uh, you know, they think further and deeper. Mm-hmm. They're more spiritually oriented. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. Some of them are just busy with freedom, you know, and mm-hmm. there's more, but it's basically the same theme. And with the lanthanides being such a huge part of, you said, the screens and technology, does it play a role in things like uh, ADHD or or any other sort of more modern diseases that we see these days or, or autism or things like that? Do you use lanthanides much for that or not? No, autism is not a very typical thing of mm. uh, lanthanides. Uh, there are two, it's more for new age people, also new age children, you know, you can think of. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes they can have a kind of a kind of autism, but then especially the ones on the left side of the periodic table, like lanthanum and cerium. Mm-hmm. And cerium can look autistic, but it's more that they are in their own world. Mm-hmm. And, and the serum autism is not loaded with hyperactivity okay. and uh, attention deficit or something like that. They are very attentive, but it, it doesn't come out. Everything goes in. Serum is the, the image of a cocoon, being in a cocoon and not being able to get out. It's also the, the period of the transition going from being oriented to the outside world to going into the inside world. But then with the feeling of being ashamed, oh my God, do I have all those feelings and ideas and personalities in shadows? And mm, that's interesting. <laughs> so it's a, a shock kind of state. But serum is also very much connected to measles, and especially the MMR vaccine. Mm, that's measles, interesting. I think that measles, the disease, is. Um, linked to serum because uh, general practitioners told me that when children got measles in the past and afterwards they were much more independent mm, which is also lanthanide theme but also more going outside you know as if they were allowed to be with the lanthanide quality in the world although most people don't show that lanthanide quality to the outside world that's why I call them secret lanthanides. <laughs> and in a way, they were secret for a long time. You know, in the past, before 1800, they were not known because they are, they are not as precious metals available. They are always somewhere in a mixture. It took a while before. Uh, I think the last one was discovered in 1950. So that's not even 100 years ago. Very interesting. I was wondering if there's any other way that the technology comes up because it sometimes feels to me we have got such a monster to deal with with all the technology everywhere and especially with our children Mm -hmm. with technology in the schools, they're just exposed to it all day long. So I was wondering if Mm -hmm. the lanthanides, you know, if there's more that they can do to help with this epidemic of screen addiction that we are seeing in children from such a young age. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And uh especially people watching too long to all those equipment can have also eye problems, which also are connected to lanthanides and gold series. They see the connection with light. For sure, it's a a possibility to think of. Mm. Amazing. 
Now, um, over your decades of experience, have you seen an increase or a shift in autoimmune conditions at all? What sort of changes are you seeing or is it pretty much the same? It's basically the same, but what happens is that I see more and more those diseases also by younger people and even by children sometimes. I think a few months ago I had a child that uh, got Crohn's disease at the age of two. Mm. I never had that before. I don't know where it comes from. You can think of vaccinations. Of course, there's a kind of uh, correlation with vaccinations and lanthanides because, you know, a vaccination overthrows you. And lanthanide people or people with a lanthanide quality, they, don't, they hate that, you know, there's... They can react to it very violently in, in some ways. Of course, we are not allowed to tell so because, you know, vaccinations are safe. But, you know, the whole idea that vaccinations are safe is crazy. Mm. Because when you really think about it, a vaccination should invoke a reaction of the immune system. But they can always go out of order. Mostly it won't do. But there will be cases that will react like that, like in normal life. Mm. You know, you can have a bacterial infection in your intestines and it can lead to Crohn's disease or rheumatic disease. It's all very known. So the whole idea that you can induce immune reactions without risks, that's, that's incorrect. That's and of course, depends on the kind of vaccine and how good it is researched, etc. How safe it is, but fully safe vaccines is an impossibility. It's interesting because the VAERS in America, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, has paid out over $4 billion in compensation for injury from vaccination. Right. So it is a little bit ludicrous to say that uh, it is completely safe because um, yeah. there wouldn't have been billions of dollars paid out if it was. Um, I have a little bit of a fun question for you. So yeah. if you say that lanthanides are, you know, often used for homeopaths and the lovely Hilary Dorian from the UK, she says that anacardia, which is the remedy made from the cashew nut, is most often prescribed for homeopaths from the plant kingdom. So if the lanthanides is the for remedies for mineral homeopaths and anacardium is the plant rem remedy for plant homeopaths, what would you say is the remedy for homeopaths who need an animal remedy? <laughs> Put you on the spot there. <laughs> I think, I think that the lanthanide quality you see in animal kingdom mostly in mammals. Uh -huh. There are some other groups. Birds can have it too. Mm. Uh, so, but especially those two groups are the most uh, lanthanide similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the plant kingdom, there's a big group uh, which is called the Asterani uh, with the Aster Asterids. Uh, but also the lamialis and the cariophyllalis. So it's a big group. They can all have a lanthanide quality. Or they all have a lanthanide quality. Mm. I thought I would throw that one out there and see what you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got some cases from your clinic, Jan, of where you've used lanthanides for autoimmune conditions? Yeah, especially the one I told with cesarean. Yeah. It's a standard when it's especially, you know, it's a, the state of being of serum is also special. But I remember a case where the mother had lost her child. She said, I, lo I lost my baby. And it was from the MMR vaccine. But he was a very clever boy, you know, but not speaking. 
but they, I could, he understood what everyone said, but he didn't make much contact and there were some other things. But he was very attached to his mother, but then more in cuddling and in talking, etc. He was about four, I think. And he had given, they had given him other homeopaths, had given him many, you know, detoxification strategies like uh, the vaccines, but also like uh, Humanum and Carcinosinum and Carcinosinum Concoprum. You know, like Tina Schmidt's, uh, Schmidt uh, told. Mm. But, you know, it also only made it worse. So then I thought, okay, but it's a measles that the vaccine did it. I gave a serum. And then I decided to give serum muriaticum because he was so attached to his mother. And in a few months, he said, I have my baby back. <sighs> Absolutely beautiful. I've lost track of the amount of times mums have cried in my clinic saying exactly that, where they've lost their child after the MMR vaccine. I know it's just, it's criminal. I sometimes wish that, you know, the general public could just know what we know and what we see in our clinics so they can understand. Yeah, we're not allowed to tell so. No, it's <laughs> ridiculous, even though these companies have had billions of dollars of lawsuits against them for the damage they've caused with all sorts of other pharmaceuticals yeah. that they produce, but we're not allowed to talk about vaccinations. Is there anything else that you want to share with us about the lanthanides, uh, about why they are such a special group of remedies, or um, maybe for the homeopaths listening who maybe don't know much about the lanthanides and are maybe interested in exploring this these remedies obviously get Jan's book uh, Secret Lanthanides <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good start but also anything else to kind of just um, spark our interest of how these remedies can be useful in our clinics you know lanthanides have a very special position also when you look at it from the so social point of view and, and political point of view because our humanity how I see it is in a transition from silver series to gold series and in the first instance lanthanides hmm. and you can see that the struggle is between silver series is you know the theme of having your own culture your own country your own language and then you fight each other because the other ones are the enemy and, um, for the christians the islam people are an enemy and for the islam christians are an enemy etc and, and then you see all the theme of war once you transcite to lanthanide you cannot do that anymore first reason is that you start saying yeah but when i have a fight with someone else that's a projection of something inside of me let's look at me instead of the other projecting has become much less easy when you start becoming getting the lanthanide quality mm. the other thing is then you see that the whole humanity is one because, you know, we have one humanity in the gold series that has that, that quality of seeing every human being as a brother or a sister or how you will call it. So the third thing when you, when you have a lanthanide is you don't want to be dominated, but you don't want to dominate anyone else either. <laughs> mm. You know, everyone should be free uh, in his own life to choose his own life, and, that, and that's the best thing someone can do. So the whole idea of controlling and domination is such a thing that is so anti-Lanthanide-like, but a lot of people don't think that way, you know. The, the Silver Series think, you know, you have to control because there's police and there are criminals, and blah, 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 blah,
But when you treat someone as a criminal by controlling him, he becomes a criminal. Mm. The best way to make a criminal is to put someone in prison. Mm. Absolutely. Of course, there are, there are, when you are really Lentonite, you overcome that, like Nelson Mandela, you know, and then, then you find your inner power. So basically, it's the transition from living in the outside world to living in the inside world. Mm. and seeing what's important there. But the mainstream politics doesn't want this uh, transfer. Mm. Basically, it's the opposite. Even more control, more cameras, more passports, more spying on videos and blah, blah, blah. So that's, you know, in a way, it's nice to see that that transition is there. And that's why those elements were not known in the past. So it's a very new thing, although it was there, mm -hmm. but it was not conscious. It was not conscious that it was there and we couldn't handle that. And without them, we couldn't do a lot of things that we are doing. Becoming one humanity, you know, we do that with things like this, like Zoom and, <laughs> and which is all possible because we have those lanternites. We wouldn't have color screens without lanternites. Wow. For instance. It's amazing. Now, Jan, you can make from this what you will, but a couple of nights ago, I had a dream about my interview with you. It could be because I was so nervous, but when I woke <laughs> up, this message popped in my head and it said, ask Jan, how has homeopathy helped him in his life? Oh, it's helped me enormously. No, of course, I had that already, otherwise I wouldn't have been attracted to homeopathy, but the respect for every human being as such, how he is, not condemning someone, you know, I always, you know, I also tell my patients, you know, when they're talking bad about their parents, is that they did their best. Otherwise, when they would have known a better way, they would have done it. Maybe it's an awful way, but it's the best they could. So the only thing you have to do is to help people to have another view. And then they can imagine a better way how to handle it. And for that, you give a remedy, and then you let it go. So, you know, when homeopathy works, often it doesn't work, but when it really works, it's such a beautiful gift of life. And for me, the best thing to receive as a, as a practitioner, as a doctor, is to get those reactions back. You know, the patient comes back and said, you know, I had it a few months ago. I was almost leaving the clinic and then someone came in in the clinic and uh, said, I want to tell you, I want to thank you. I said, Who's, for what? Yeah, you, you healed my son. Oh, I said, oh, well, how long ago was that? Oh, two years ago. <laughs> I have seen him only once. Wow. And he had Chrome and never had it again. <gasps> wow. Just as one goes. It's amazing. And if you were to go to a, a mainstream doctor, he would put you on drugs for the rest of your life and probably had a part of your colon removed at some stage and yeah. everything yeah. else. And this healing is not a healing, you know. They're so crazy. <laughs> on the TV, someone had made a program. It's called Uitgedokter. It means people who have been to doctors, but they couldn't help him. And she had 12 patients and sent them to six different uh Healing arts, alternative healing arts. I had, I had two of them, one with Crohn's disease, 
and uh, one with uh, Roma. The one with Roma I couldn't help, but with the Kronzis, you see, well, they went very well. And then there was an end discussion on television about it, and also they sort of made videos of it so that people could see how it went. And in the interview, you could see that I talked about his father, you know, that his father had mistreated him, etc. I gave him prosodymium oxidate, and it worked beautifully. And then the, the, the skeptic said, yeah, you know, this is just a temporary thing. This is not a healing. This is not helping. And now he has a problem with his father, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just such a privilege to speak with you today. And I just want to thank you with all my heart for the amazing work that you've done. When I see your books there on my shelf, I just smile because I feel like whatever problem a client walks in with, we've got a solution in one of those amazing books. So thank you very much for everything that you do for us. It's also my pleasure. And, you know, I, I write those books because I have good results with them with people I couldn't help before. And then I think others will have the same. Please keep doing it. <laughs> I'm sure you've got some more classifications up your sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> I'm busy with uh, ferns, mosses, fungi. Fascinating. So, There's a whole world to discover. I don't think you could classify them all in like 10 lifetimes, hey? <laughs> probably not all, but you can have starting points. You have like to start somewhere. Point. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank all you. the best. Bye.